0: close your and, <laughs> and, and a new Irish, Irish record for Sports Phil Healy
1: Sports
0: 22.99 Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham County, Cork
1: All-Ireland Champions for the 7th time ever Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarty. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder as always to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. We have a busy show again this week and in a few minutes we're going to be joined by Bandon's Connor Howardton to chat about his recent move to Swansea City. We'll also chat to Jason Collins, who's recently been appointed chairperson of St. Mary's GA Club. At only 29 years old, Jason must be among the youngest club chairs in the country, so we'll ask him about his plans for his time in the role. But Kieran, before we hear from Conor, I just want to quickly touch on something that we haven't spoken about much recently, and that is the continued shutdown of amateur sport in the county and across the country. At this stage, we all know... ...about the seriousness of the pandemic and the increased case numbers post-Christmas. But is it just me, or has there been little or no discussion about when amateur sport might restart? I saw the AIL have written off their season. But are you hearing anything from the GAA, the grassroots level, soccer, um, club rugby, anything of that nature? Are we hearing anything, or is it just a wait-and-see approach still?
0: It's actually it is a very much a wait and see approach at the moment. You go on for like it's been spoke about March fifth is the next sort of date in mind, but it seems in in terms of what the government wants, you know, it's kind of the schools and the building sites and sport is being kind of it's down the priority list, so it, it is very much wait and see at the moment. Um it's going to have a kind of an effect, let's take the GA season for a second, because Inter county teams were meant to be back in January, then training in mid January, then it was February. Now it looks like it could be March. So that's going to have an effect on the National League, on the All Ireland Championship, which is going to push it back into the club scene, which could push the provincial club championships and so on back into 2022. So it's going to squeeze up the season. But right now it's very much wait and see. Um, like you said, local sport is non existent at the moment. There's absolutely nothing happening, um, no live sport whatsoever. Um, and it is tough on all the local sports people. Am, I'm thinking of p- people like yourself who play a kind of hurling with skate and play soccer at Baltimore. But even down to the kids, like kids who play with their minis rugby or their school boys, school girls soccer or their local MGA um, team. They're not even getting out for they're not going to school first to meet their friends, but they're not even getting out to, for a bit of sport as well. So um, this, is, this is quite a tough lockdown. But I am hopeful that it's the short-term pain here in terms of a long-term gain that that this lockdown, however long it lasts, when you come out of it, it'll be a more certain future that we're, 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 we're kind of heading into. So that's the that's the hope I'm claiming to, but we know ourselves in the last 10 months, things things change very fast.
1: Yeah, like, um I think it has slightly been overlooked for the period of this lockdown because throughout the previous two lockdowns, there were, like, various concessions made, like, teams were still allowed to train together, underage teams will say there was a short stint when the GAA and soccer came back but at the minute it just seems like there's no return in sight and i know like there are bigger issues at play but it can't be overstated how important sport is to local communities to people within those communities whether they're spectators uh, coaches committee members players the lads who look after the pitches like it is the lifeblood and it feels to me like no one's talking about it. and i just Felt that we could use this platform at least to try and bring the conversation back into the front of people's mind because hopefully, as March 5th approaches, they can start putting strategies in place so that they can run off all the competitions somewhat efficiently. Because we spoke to John McCarthy offline after last week's podcast, and he was kind of speaking fearfully about the return of all the sports at the same time and the competition there's going to be, especially at youth level, between soccer. Gaelic football hurling rugby etc and I just know from my own personal perspective that it's not going to be a very probably good year for Baltimore soccer if it's running at the same time as the GAA season because obviously football will take precedence. but yeah it's just something that I kind of wanted to speak about briefly just I can't wait for it to come back and hopefully um, the government and all the sporting organizations are bearing that in mind it's even just to get
0: back out training, you know, exactly. kind of hopefully like as as we're coming into the spring now, kind of you know it's a cliche of the evens will get longer and hopefully the weather will pick up in the dark nights of January, we can leave them behind us. So 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 just for, for adults and kids and any sports person, whatever level, just to get back out training kind of in in pods or groups or whatever and the competition then will kind of come off the back of that down down the line. But just for, for mental well being and physical well being, just to get moving again because January was quite bleak. The, 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 I, I think this is a very tough lockdown as such because it's coming after Christmas and January. It's, traditionally, it's a very tough month in a way, and, and the nights uh, the nights are dark so early. The weather's been so poor, so um, that's probably all adding to this kind of this this feeling at the moment where people's heads are just kind of bowed as small. But so hopefully, hopefully that a, as we push forward, um, things will improve. But it all comes back as well. As the vaccines we need to get vaccines rolled out. It everything ties into one another. So hopefully, at some point in the next couple of months, and we are talking a couple of months, that we will see, we will see sports teams and sport clubs back out training,
1: and we can push towards a busier second half of the year. And the topic just came to my mind last night. I was listening to the sports news on the radio, and they were announcing the League of Ireland fixtures for the season ahead, and obviously, the Six Nations returns this weekend. And I know there is money involved in all those competitions, so there is like. Um, reasons that they're allowed to run on but this idea that oh well at least there's soccer on the television we can watch that that'll entertain us like that has that is not sustaining me anymore i want to get out for a game of five side i'm sick of looking at premier league games there's one on every night of the week i'm already sick of the six nations it hasn't even started yet with the amount of coverage that was in the sunday papers and then the league of ireland fixture list was released last night but still no mention of when the baltimore crabs can get back out on the field when hurling training can start back when the boxing gyms can open and it's just driving me personally i wouldn't say crazy because i still feel I'm, I'm on a bit of an even keel but it just drove home to me how much i missed playing sport and engaging in sport so hopefully it won't last much longer but let's leave that rant there for now kieran because we're going to talk to bandin's connor Howarhan, who has just just joined Swansea City and he's already hit the ground running at the Liberty Stadium
0: oh, He is, like he's had a sensational start he's, he's low on move, he's low spell spell with Swansea City He's played in, in three games, the first was the 5-1 winning against Nats Forest in the FA Cup Then last week he scored Swansea's equaliser in a 1-1 draw with Brentford A very important game because Brentford, like Swansea, are pushing for those top spots in the Championship Outside of his left foot um, as a Swansea beat it uh, Was it 3-0 or, or 3-1? So he got men in the match for his latest performance too, and he got on the championship team of the week. So three games into his Swansea career, it's going pretty well for Connor. And up this weekend is Norwich City um, in the championship for Swansea. And historically and traditionally, Connor goes quite well against Norwich. He bagged a hat-trick against him a couple of years ago. He scored a winner against him back in St. Stephen's Day 2019, I think as well. So it's a game too, just touch wood for where Conor can do what he does best. And it's been such a, a good and positive move for Conor. And you'll hear from now in a couple of minutes, because to an extent he was frozen out at Aston Villa, he hadn't played since November 13th. He was on the bench for six, seven, eight games, didn't get a look in. Um, so he wants to play regular football. He doesn't want to be one of those players that, that's happy just to take a, a big wage packet and, and not play. He wants, to, he wants to get out. He wants to play football. He jumped at the chance to move to Swansea. To the Premiership, uh, Swansea are second in the Championship table right now. Connor knows all about getting promoted from the Championship. He had Villa get promoted a couple of seasons back, so great signing for Swansea because he knows that division inside out. He's an experienced international. He's a very, very talented and skillful player, and a great move for Connor too because he's he's joining an exciting project, an ambitious team, and it's a chance for him to get regular football, and then leave him in a strong place in the summer. Because come the summer, Connor has one year left on his contract with Aston Villa. And the probability of him going back to Villa and, and winning his place back in that team, to be honest, it probably looks a bit slim right now because they're be going in a, in a different direction. They bought in Ross Barkley on, on the one from Chelsea and they'll probably look to make that move permanent. I think they signed a lad from Marseille last month as well for, for 15, 20 million, um, another midfielder. So there's fierce competition in there. So Connor now was a chance for the next couple of months Put himself in, in the shop window, show clubs what he can do, clubs in the Premier League as well as clubs in the championship. Show them I'm Conor Horan, This is exactly what I can do. This is what I can add to your team. And I've no doubt that people and clubs will come looking for his signature this summer. So as you'll hear from him now, he's um he's in good form. He's enjoying He's he's stacked with Swansea and, and he's confident of a strong second half to the season. Delighted to be joined in the Star Sport. Podcast this week by Connor And Welcome to the podcast, Connor.
2: How are you doing? You Okay.
0: All good here. All good here back in West Park. Just for the context for our our listeners today, we're we're chatting the night after Connor scored his his debut or his first goal for Swansea. It was a one all championship draw against Brent Brentford. So that's so that's that's a bit a bit of context of when we're talking. So straight into that, you scored your first goal for Swansea and your league debut. That's a pretty nice start.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Listen, it's it, it's it's gone on. Uh, it's 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 gone great since I've come to the club. I've been here a week now. We've had two games, maybe my debut, my cup debut, let's say, because I wasn't cup type So that was that was a, a nice little bit of luck I had coming here as well to get some minutes under my belt. It's it's gone great. Five one win at the weekend and um, a hard battling kind of performance last night. One one and nice to get the goals. So in terms of starts, really, it's gone great, which is which is very pleasing.
0: No surprise, no surprise to see was score from a free kick either, Connor. I, I presume when you actually meant to you meant to bend it into that corner, didn't you?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, listen. You just try and put it, in, it put it into a dangerous area, and you hope someone kind of gets across the keeper and makes it tough for him. There's no VR in the Championship VR, so um, maybe if there was in the Premier League, there may have been a foul on the keeper. But look, it's um, some things go for you, some go against. But uh, no, it was a it was a nice ball in, and lucky enough for myself, to found the, the you know the corner of the it.
0: There was a brilliant image after, just after you scored a goal, like you're celebrating and your teammates are running towards you and you could see the joy in their face because that was such an important result because they pushed you back into the into the top two in the championship. So it was quite an important goal to score as well.
2: Yeah, it was massive. You know, Brentford, uh, you know, one of the favourites to go up. I know that, that listen, the lads have done fantastic in the first half of the season. We kind of just started the second half of the season. Now we're kind of at the halfway point. The lads have done fantastic to to get to where they are. Um, you know the, the club are, are in a great position and you know the, the lads that are here a lot of them probably um, who are playing regularly at the minute haven't played in the Premier League so there's such an emphasis and there's such a hunger and desire you know to try and get promoted and get over the line this year and you could see that in the celebrations last night so it's great to come into a kind of a group um, who are really striving to achieve something listen there, there is four or five lads who have played in the Premier League um, of course but um, the majority are kind of lads who haven't so to be a part of a hungry group looking to achieve something is is great, really. And like I said, you've seen that in the, in the celebrations last night.
0: But I noticed too, Connor, you played the full ninety minutes, and it's the first time in a while that you've played the full ninety minutes. And is that part of the reason you decided to leave Aston Villa alone and join Swansea to to, to actually get <laughs> regular game time?
2: Yeah, that was. Listen, that was one of the main factors, of course. Um, you know, I started off the season with Villa and I played the first couple of games. Um, you know, felt I did quite well, but listen, the club obviously spent a lot of money, brought in people like Ross Barkley. Um, game time all of a sudden became uh, tough to come boys so I think my last 90 minutes was maybe the, the last international break for Ireland I know I had a game for Villa in between that in late November against West Ham but I got taken off after about 70 minutes so that was the last kind of official 90 minutes I think I had was for Ireland but um, yeah it's, it's it's obviously main factor why I wanted to get out listen I could have easily taken the easy option and sit around at Villa till the end of the season and and collect my money and whatever but that's just not the type of guy I am it's not the character I am it doesn't sit well with me so you know when um when I wasn't getting the game time I was kind of told by the club that I wouldn't play as much as I would like you know it was definitely something that I wanted to try and do and, and get out and play at the end of the season
0: How frustrating was that period so from let's say, say that West Ham game I think that was the 30th of November yeah. up, and, up until you made the move because you were on the bench but you just weren't getting on like I think you went six, seven weeks there where you were on the bench for Villa, but you just didn't get any game time so yeah you said there, Conor, like, you're not one of those players who'll just sit there and take the wage packet. You wanted to play, so you're sitting on there knowing and believing in your own ability that you could make a difference if you came on. So it must have been yeah. a pretty, pretty frustrating period.
2: Yeah, it was. It was probably the, one of the most frustrating I've, I've had for a long time in my career, if I'm being honest with you. Listen, I've been very, very fortunate in my career for, you know, in terms of playing regularly for the last six or seven years. So it's kind of the first period I've had without a... Kind of a maybe a two month period without playing, and I found it difficult. You know, I, I, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, you know, I wanted to play, I was itching to play whenever I've played in the Premier League. Um, I felt I've done okay, you know, rose to the level. Um, so I felt a little bit hard done by from that point of view. But like you said, the, the club brought in some very, very good players as well, spent a lot of money. The club are in a you know, some clubs are in a, aren't in a great position financially, but Villa definitely aren't one of them clubs. You know, the, the owners are very, very wealthy. Um, you know they can spend a lot of money and they have done that on players. You know one player like I've touched on already, Ross, obviously coming into the centre midfield area. Um, you know a fantastic player and uh, you know got huge attributes to, you know, to be a top quality player and, and he has been and he, and he will be moving forward. So um, you know it, it's going to be tough to to stay at Villa and, and stay at that level, but it's something I'll keep fighting for and hopefully this loan period can um, be a positive step for myself from that from that point of view.
0: When did you realise that you might have to go out and loan to get regular game time? Was there was there one moment in particular where you said, "No, I need to move on now for the second half of the season and start playing games again"?
2: Yeah, yeah. Listen, probably. Listen, um, as you know, Kieran. When I when we speak and all the rest, I'm 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 quite honest and probably if I was being honest with you, uh, we played Wolves away. Um, uh, Ross got injured, um, and uh, uh, the gaffer played um, Jacob Ramsey ahead of me, um, a young lad from the academy. Um, which I f- was kind of dis- very disappointed with and that was probably the moment where I thought I'm going to struggle here a little bit moving forward so um, ever since then I haven't played at all really since that kind of decision to play Jacob in front of me listen Jacob's a very good player um, very young player with a, with a lot of, of talent uh, but I, f- I thought at the time it was a hard, a harsh decision on myself and the gaffer actually came out and said that himself as well that it was probably harsh to leave me out but um, the lads went on to win that game so his-, his decision was justified but that was probably the trigger for me to think I might be in a little bit of trouble here
0: because you've worked so hard, Connor. we've spoken about it before many times to become a Premier League footballer. It was a target for, for so, so long. So for you now to kind of to move to the Championship and leave the Premier League behind you, albeit for a short period, was that a tough decision yeah. for you?
2: Yeah, it was. It was a really tough decision. Um, you know, I've been on, on, on a roller coaster of a journey over the last, you know, 10 to 12 years to try and get to the Premier League. And um, it was a league where I didn't want to leave. But ultimately, I had to face up to the facts that I wasn't going to play at the club that I was going to. To play at, so the next best thing for myself was to play, and um, the opportunity came for myself at Swansea. the manager's been you know fantastic for me and told me i 'm going to play and play games and um, you know have had that chance was something that i want, wanted to do um, you know in 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 my head a little bit. I was hoping for maybe a club in the, in, in the premiership to to come along, but it just wasn 't the case it 's tough in the premier League for people that might know you only can have two premier League loans in in the, in the premier League in any squad. So, a lot of the Premier League teams do have kind of two loans around this time of the season. So, it's not easy to get to a Premier League club on loan in January. So, that was probably another factor why none of the kind of Premier League clubs came calling. Um, so, yeah, listen, Swansea are in a fantastic position. And like I said earlier on, they, they're trying to achieve something with a group of hungry players. So, um, that was very attractive for myself as well.
0: How fast was a move like this happened in? When you know Swansea are interested in bringing you in on loan and, and, and you get that news, how 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 long from that, that moment... To actually signing on with Swansea, is there much timing? Does it happen quite fast? Yeah,
2: yeah no. It, it, there, there is, there is, there is a bit of background um, noise and a bit of background homework to be done on this. Um, it probably came to the surface maybe Christmas time, leading into the end of, uh, end of December, start of January, and then um, you know the club. To be fair, Villa were fantastic with me. They understood my frustrations. Um, they understood that you know adding value to my career and. and from for Villa's point of view as a business the best thing for me to go was to go and showcase myself again and play games and add value to my to my um to myself come the summertime so um they were fantastic throughout the process they knew the importance for me as an individual to do it and for the for the for, for it to happen for the club as well and um yeah so they were brilliant from that point of view to let it all happen and as the weeks went on, then into the kind of the middle of January, it looked like things were going to happen. The signals were that things were going to happen and it wasn't going to run to the the last day of the window or whatever, which was important as well, because I wanted to get it done as early as possible.
0: And like you said, you've you landed on your feet with Swansea, a club chasing promotion from the championship right right in the hunt. As we speak now, you're you're second in the table. Was that important too that, that you were joining the club? That's a very kind of very ambitious project at the moment. They want to get back up to the Premier League and they saw you as an important part of that jigsaw to get them back up there.
2: Yeah, that was that was that was hugely important. I wanted to, to to go out and try and achieve something and be a part of you know a group of players that were just striving to to get promoted. You know, I didn't really want to go into the middle of the table and kind of you know be fighting for nothing in a couple of months' time. Can't get relegated, can't get promoted, and um, not, not not nothing on the line really, so to speak. So I wanted to try and get to a club that were getting promoted and really wanted to be at a club and you know knew the value I'd bring to their, their club on and off the pitch um as a player, as a as a character, as a human being. So um, you know, the manager, like I said here at Swansea, I couldn't speak highly enough of him. He's been fantastic in the last month or so to get me here and while I've been here for the last week. Um and it's and it's been a great start and an exciting few months ahead really.
0: Steve Cooper, the Swansea manager, has spoken glowingly about you since you've, you've you've joined Swansea, and even that experience that, that you're bringing to the squad, you know all about the championship, Connor. You got obviously promoted with Villa two seasons ago, the season before that, didn't Villa or almost there again? You've played with Baronsley as well, so this is a, a a division you know you know so well. But it's also a very hard division to get promoted from, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it's very tough, you know, to get promoted from any league, league one, championship, whatever it may be. It's it's never, never easy. Um, you know, it's a long, hard season, forty-six games, and maybe playoffs as well to, to top it off. You know, so yeah, listen, I've I've been there. I've you know, I'm um I'm not getting any younger. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm well experienced now. You know, in terms of games I've played and the levels I've played at, so I know what it takes a little bit, and um, you know being out there last night I know the importance of that kind of point last night to, to come back from you know a goal down being down to 10 minutes to nick a point like that to put it back into second place is massive so you know I'm, I'm well experienced and kind of um, you know being around the block a bit to know what it takes definitely
0: you mentioned you're not getting any younger, and let me be the first to wish you happy birthday, Connor. Because this podcast is going on Tuesday. Don't tell anyone it's And uh, Connor's, Connor's the the big trio. So let me be the first to wish you big happy birthday, Go Connor. Man. Cheers. <laughs> any, any any plans for the 30th?
2: No, listen, no, no, nothing at all. Listen, we're all in lockdown at the minute, and uh, you know there's going to be a lot of games coming. So yeah, uh, I'm not getting any younger. Scary, really, to 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 say I'm 30 next week after moving over at 16, 14 years later, you know, in 14 years time, I'll be a long time retired. So crazy, really some, you know, mental journey. And um, yeah, it's uh yeah, an age I didn't want to get to, but it all, it creeps up in us all.
0: And did that actually have a part in your decision? Because you're you're turning 30 now, and like you said there, a footballer's career doesn't last forever. So it, it's, it is a very, it's a, it's a quite short career. So you want to make the most of it while you can, and you're you're still in your prime, you're in your peak years, so. You probably felt it's important too to play right
2: now. Yeah, definitely. Listen, um, I feel like I'm in the peak of of my years. I'm a little bit, uh, probably a late developer, as people would say. You know, um, I feel the next probably two three years are going to be the best of my career. And you know, they usually say between twenty eight and thirty two are kind of the best years. And my twenty ninth year, I've kind of it was kind of been a stop start for me. Played a little bit um, before the lockdown. Um, came back in the project restart and, and played an, an, a nice number of games, which was good. And just the last few months haven't really played, so I, I felt it was important from January to the summer now to, to go out and play. Um, you know, to get myself amongst games again and um, put a smile on my face, really, and, and enjoy playing and put myself in a good position come the summer. I will have a year left on my contract come the summer, so if I can put myself in a good position come the summer, um, that'd be great, you know, for myself.
0: 14 years since you left West Cork Shores. What an adventure it's been so far.
2: Yeah, the yeah, mental caring like it's um you know, there's been huge ups, you know, um, not too many downs, you know, a couple of downs off the top of my head, you know, losing the playoff final and things like that, but you know, not touch wood, not too many um, you know, serious injuries or anything like that, being very fortunate from that point of view. But a crazy journey, one that um, you know, I look back on with great um, you know, memories and Smiles on my face, and you know, remembering you know, days of, of certain games and certain days of training, and you know, just journeys that I've been on, and the people I've met, and you know, the top players I've played with, and the, the people that have managed me, and everything really just roll into one. It's been, it's been a you know, an absolute pleasure and some experience. And hopefully, I'll, I'll have many more in the next you know, three to four years.
0: And some of your great moments I've come up against Norwich City, too. And like I said, this podcast is going out on Tuesday, and Swansea are playing Norwich this weekend. We hit a hat-trick against them before. You got a winner against them, I think, two, two years yeah. ago, So, Norwich, whatever team you like playing against?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah I've always managed to nick, nick a goal against Norwich. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Listen, they're, they're flying high in the league. They're a very, very strong side for the for, for the championship. And I'd be very, very surprised if they don't finish in the top two. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Listen, we got, um, you know, as we speak, we got Rotherham first of the weekend. That's an important game. If we can go there and get three points, heading into that Norwich game off the back of the important uh, important point last night, you know, we, we'd be in a good position.
0: Manchester City in the FA Cup is another big day to look forward to.
2: Yeah, Man City in the Cup as well. God, they can give anyone nightmares, so that would be an interesting one. But um, yeah, listen, you always want to play against the top teams and, you know, when you play against the type of players, you know, you, you see where your game's at and the level that some of them guys play at, you know, the top players is... It's scary. It's 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 unbelievable their level, you know. Um, it's you know the way they play and they pass the ball around. It's um, it's second to none, really. And I've played against them a few times now, and um, yeah, it's always a difficult day, but one that you look forward to as well.
0: Hopefully, in a couple of months too, we'll have the international soccer back. And I, I presume part of your top presses too is to keep yourself in Stephen Kinney's kind of thoughts. You need to be playing football. So for your Ireland career, was it important too that you went out and went to Swansea and went and get this regular playing time?
2: Yeah, definitely it was. That was a big factor as well. You know, I'm, I feel like I've I'm, I'm kind of well in the door from that point of view as well. With Ireland, you know, I've got um, 24 caps. It is now, so I'm kind of you know well in the door. Like I said, from 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 international level, um, I didn't want to go into the March to start the World Cup campaign and 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 not be match fit and not be ready for that because I might have fell down the pecking order a little bit. So that was something in the back of my head as well. You know, I spoke to Stephen and Keith Andrews, with people a, a couple of times about heading out, and they were. You know, really pushing for that as well. So that was definitely another reason that, you know, I'm in I'm in good shape, good form, and good fitness come March. Um, you know, because something that I want to do before I finish my career is get to a major tournament with Ireland, So, um, you know, that kicks off again now in March. So hopefully we can get off to a good start.
0: And you mentioned too, Connor, you have a year left in your contract when, when it comes to the summer. Is the plan then just to go back to Aston Villa and just to re reevaluate where you are, where you stand with Villa, how things went with Swansea, and maybe what options are on the table to you.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that that's the plan. You know, the, hopefully, the four months I'm, that, that I'm here now to the end of the season is is a successful one. You know, if it keeps going the way I've started, that'll be fantastic. And we'll just see what happens. Um, listen, I know the club are are in a healthy position. Like I've said, they've just signed a lad from Marseille for twenty odd million. Um, you know, so they'll probably spend more again in the summer. So we'll just see what happens. It's 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 great to be a part of that football club. It's a, it's a terrific football club. You know, it's huge the players that they bring in, it's a, it's a pleasure to play with, with a lot of them, you know, so um, we'll see what happens come the summer and like I said, first and foremost, let's make this kind of long period a successful one and then go back and re, re-evaluate come the summer.
0: You're chatting to us now from, from Swansea where you are. Given the times that we live in right now, I presume you haven't, haven't even had the chance to go out and explore Swansea, see yeah. what you had to offer.
2: Yeah, not not really. Listen, um, you know, I'm in a hotel at the minute um, getting a, a club or sorting me an apartment um, next week. Um, You know, in the hotel from, um, people wouldn't know, I suppose, you know, it's key workers only kind of in this hotel, um, kind of slash professional athletes, Um, you know, lockdown, obviously the restaurants closed in in the hotel and the coffee shops are closed around, you know, swimming pools closed. So it's pretty, um, pretty quiet around here, but, um, you know, hopefully come kind of end of February, um, middle of March. The weather might start picking up and lockdown might be lifted a little bit, and I'll see a little bit more of it then. But um, it's a lovely place to live by all accounts. You know, it's down by the beach, just down by the sea. So the little bits that I have seen as, of the city is, is really, really nice. So um, fingers crossed, you know, as we go into the summer months, um, I might have a chance to explore it.
0: What is life in England like right now? I suppose it's it's the same back here in Ireland. The kind of kind of COVID is yeah. is doing what it does best, which is wreaking havoc in, in all in all our lives. What's yeah, it like? Yeah. What's it like over there at the moment, Connor?
2: <laughs> um very similar I suppose to Ireland um you know complete lockdown um you know obviously in a very fortunate position to still be playing and still be working um I know it's not easy for a lot of people out there but um yeah listen it's um it, it's it's not easy for people you know people are um finding it very very tough so um you know you have to everyone's just you know sticking by the rules as best as possible of course that's the most important thing and like I said earlier on hopefully um you know, come when we're heading into the summer months, t- things might open up again and life might get a little bit brighter. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's to be reviewed, I suppose, as time goes on. And um, like you said, um, yeah, just complete lockdown, similar to Ireland, really, at the minute.
0: Thanks for joining us, Connor. The big thing stay, stay forward. Best look in the second half of the season. And again, happy birthday and enjoy whatever celebrations Cheers. you have.
2: Good man. Cheers. Thank you. Pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork.
1: Now, Kieran, you have been speaking to Jason Collins, who at just 29 has been appointed chairperson of St Mary's GA Club. Firstly, is this man out of his mind? And secondly, what had he to say to you about his plans for the role?
0: I think this is a brilliant story. I absolutely love the story, Jack, to see see a young fella like Jason, like you said, twenty-nine years of age, take on the responsibility of being his his own GA club chairman. It it's great to see because whatever whatever the county, any GA club or any sporting club will tell you how hard it is to attract new blood and how hard it is to get in young people to fill administrative roles like this. But St. Mary's it turns it on its head because Jason now with 29 years of age is gone in as um, as club chairman but three or four more active club members and players have taken on different roles from PRO to secretary to coach and officer to assistant treasurer so it's great to see that the players of St Mary's have stepped up to help out their club um, Jason, he knows he's gone in at the deep end here um, he was vice chairman for for two years before I think it was 2017 and 2018 with Mary's so he has an idea of what the administration side of the club entails, but he's, um, he's gone in right at the deep end here. But as you'll hear from him now, he's excited about the challenge, but he, he I suppose he accepts and acknowledges too that it, it's a a big job ahead of him um, because a lot of GA clubs and all sports club, clubs have been affected by COVID. There's no money coming in. Finances are, are a big issue. Fundraising is such big issues for clubs. So they, they're what Jason wants to tackle, But just on a broader sense, hopefully other clubs or other players in other clubs can see what Jason Collins and his teammates in St Mary's have done in getting involved with with their, like I said, the administration side of their club. And it might inspire or spur more people on to throw their lot in and help out their clubs off the pitch as well, because the current players should be the future administrators and they should be the people helping to drive on the club, bringing those innovative, fresh ideas, bring bringing that thinking outside the box that all clubs need, especially now. Um, so hopefully, hopefully other clubs will see what's going on at St Mary's and we'll see it replicated in other clubs right across West Cork, the division, and even further around, because at 29 years of age to be your club chairman is some going. She's at 29 years of age, I could barely spell my name, not to mind being a club chairperson. So he's, um, he's really impressive stuff by Jason. We're joined now on the podcast by, I would say the youngest chairperson in West Cork GA at the moment, Jason Collins of St. Mary's GA club. And um, Jason is still uh, obviously a, a dual player with, uh, with St. Mary's, but as a 29 year old, you've now taken on the, the, the chairperson's role in St. Mary's GA club. First off, congratulations. And second off, can you feel me in the background to this, Jason?
3: Yeah. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, so still playing away at the moment, um, hurling and football with the adult teams. Um we did a bit say leading up to the West Coast final and after that we did a bit of discussions with um trying to help out a bit more in the future. Um, especially with COVID. Um just I felt that I probably had a bit more time on my hands if I'm gonna be I used to be based up in, up in Dublin a lot, so I didn't have the time to be fulfilling roles and know that I should be based back in Cork a lot more, that um, I said that I could get involved a bit better. Um, and then met with uh, Stephen and Jory um, Shorten, who would be secretary and the treasurer uh, before Christmas. And they uh, just asked me, would I would I be interested in, in getting on board as as chairman? Um, so I said, I think about it all over Christmas. And um looks the way the restrictions came in again and started in January. I decided that, look, now or never. It's kind of
0: throw me into deep end and see how we get on. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, we make a bit of a change. When you look at clubs right across the the country, not just here in West Cork. Um, a lot of GA clubs and a lot of sporting clubs in general. They're crying out for young blood, for fresh ideas, for innovation to to come in and. Like I said, you're 29 and you've taken on this role as St. Mary's chairman. I was just looking through some of the officers elected for the year ahead. You've Brian Corcoran got in as assistant secretary. You've Stephen White as secretary. You've Gerard Harrington as the PRO. Brian Everett as the coaching officer. A lot of these fellows are, are, are still playing ball as well. So was that a conscious effort by you all to kind of to throw your lot and get something back into Mary's now?
3: Yeah, it definitely was. Um to be fair to Stephen, Stephen White was secretary as well last year and um, he did a fabulous job. Um, then you had Jory Shorten, who is treasurer and um, he was there with the last couple of years. He's doing tremendous work as well um, and then it's a the case that we said, look, we may as well try and add to the team for this year and um, Gerald Harrington said he was willing to do the PRO for us and when we reached out into the the club, DJ um, players uh, WhatsApp group to, looking for a uh, um, a player or um, a coach officer Brian Everard said he'd step up and take on that role so it was it's absolutely brilliant that everyone's willing to help out um, the way things are going we had our AGM last Thursday night and it was our first um, Microsoft Teams meeting and I think um, it was new to a lot of people um, so look it's probably going to go that way for the next couple of months as well so it's not it's, it's a bit easier than what it was normal. Like we've been travelling, Brian Everard's based out of uh, Tipperary. And um, as I said, I would have been based between Dublin and Cork. So if it's teams meetings now, we should be able to access those meetings from wherever we are in Ireland. And we should be able to keep ourselves in the loop between emails and, and WhatsApp groups. So I think hopefully we should, um, we should know what's happening
0: more or less all the time in the club if we can. Have you always had interest in the administ- administrative side of the sport? Because you were filling me in before, um, Jason, that you were previously a vice chairperson of the club for two years, and that was back in was it was a twenty seventeen or eighteen or eighteen and nineteen. Um, so, had you always an interest in getting involved in that side of the club? Um, I did. Uh, look,
3: I just wanted to help out as much as I could. Um, that's probably the main thing. Um, I would have been vice chairman to um, chairperson at the time, Mary Jiskel. And to be fair, Mary O'Driscoll was very good, um, and she still is. She'll be a, an active member for the club in, in the year to come as well. Um, and she taught me a lot. i um, the ins and outs of the club, um, the difficulties and where they are. Um, and then it was a case that I was approached to take the chairman role I'd say a couple of years ago by her. But then I just said, look, with Dublin, uh, there's no point me take it. Like, um, it's only going to be a negative on the club if I took it. So, in this year I said I think about it, and um, I think it's time to maybe hopefully step up and just bring a bit of a community spirit back into the club. Um, it's not easy to run any club at the moment. I see that now in the last uh, couple of weeks and, and the AGM and the reports of how where we are at the moment and um, how the last year has affected us. Um, so, it's going to take a big effort from everyone to get involved. It um, doesn't matter. If you are a club officer or not, this is going to be a club. It's going to be the community. It's going to be everyone getting involved, rowing in the same direction. And please God, turn things around and, and make sure that there's a club there for the next generation to come.
0: What do you think the big challenges are for you as as chairperson coming into this role? Um, It's, it's multiple
3: things, really. Um, As I said, it is pretty much new to me at the moment. Um with work I'd be dealing with a lot with, with people, um, financial side of things be dealing a lot with that. Um it's just gonna be taking maybe my role at work is probably very serious professional and this is a community and I need to probably find a balance between the community and driving people on. Them. <laughs> so it's a case of finding the happy medium there and uh, trying to keep everyone happy. Um that's probably the biggest challenge I'm gonna find um is just like what we can you can't turn everything over in a couple of weeks or months. This is going to be a long-term uh, process in developing and, um, and bringing in funds, especially for the club. Um, so it, it's it's funds over the next year or so is going to be the biggest thing. Um, last year, we suffered um, big-time COVID, lot of sales. Um, when we didn't have the lotto, we didn't have sales. We had no income. Um, expenses are still there. You've still had your affiliation for the for the teams, you still had to cut the grass. You still had to do the maintenance on the pitches. Um, they were all there. There's still costs and there's no income against them. So this year, it's a case that we need, really need to have a look at fundraising um, and start trying to get, as I said, get all the parents involved and get all the communities around us involved. And hopefully, if everyone can come together and just spread the word and get a bit of community spirit back. Um, hopefully, we should make a bit of progress.
0: You talk about community spirit, one thing that jumps out to me was last year when St Mary's in and Ineskin Komogi you came together for a fantastic fundraiser and raised a lot of money for Pieta House um early last year. Like off the pitch, there's a very strong community there, Jason, that you you're hoping to tap into.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um I see like the would be an active member in our GA Pitches. Um they'll have another team as well this year competing um, at adult level. Which is great. Um, it's brilliant. They're playing senior hurling. Um, or camogie with, um in, in the championship. So look, they're going to be very busy and very active around the place, and it's important that we support them and they support us. And that um, it's the same with um with the Bida organisation who would uh, own the um the old pitch as we call it, the the, the pitch in Maline. Um, so we need to obviously work with them. Um and make sure the, the grounds are in good order at all times for ball parties and um, that the kids when they're coming down to play in the playground have a facility there if they want to go down to the pitch and puck around or kick around um so it's important that we we maintain them facilities that we have and we do have great facilities so it's important that any new family coming into the area or um any new house being built around the place, that we also give them an option that there is community spirit there. There's something for the kids to go down and get, take part of. Um, I know COVID at the moment, you go down to the pitch, they're empty and it's small but depressing. But when things do open up again, there'll be nothing better to see than all the sixes, eights, ten-year-olds out on one side of the pitch. Then you've got your 14s, 16s, 18 groups. In another part, and then to say the girls' um, teams and and our our adult teams taking part as well. Um, when when things are going well, the crowd down there is massive, and it's just a case of everyone supporting the club. Now is the next step.
0: We actually hope, Jason, that, that you can use your, your young, like we said, you're 29, you can use that to your advantage as well as all the other younger members of the board because you're going to bring this energy, this enthusiasm, this drive, these fresh, innovative ideas. And like you said, their fundraising is so important. So having so many young people involved in, in the St Mary's board can help the club in, in the long run.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, we've already... like. We had our AGM last Thursday night. Um, we already had our, our first meeting on Saturday and fundraising is number one priority on the list for the year. Um, if you don't have income and if you're continuing to have losses every year, your club won't sustain us. Um That's the last thing we want to happen. We need to have funds there to support the underage uh, committees, the underage clubs, uh, teams. So it's important that there is money coming in against the expenditure we have. Um, we've already started a last man standing recently and we had 358 names, um, which is the biggest we've ever had uh, to date. So it's one step in in the right direction,
0: but we've multiple, multiple more to come. St Mary's Club, you've had some tremendous chair people before, none more so than the great, late John Corkin. What do you think John would say, looking down now, seeing such young, energetic blood coming into the club?
3: Yeah, hopefully hopefully he'd be proud of it. Um,
0: uh, John was
3: brilliant for the club. Um, his presence was felt all over, the, all over the county, all over the country. Um, he could go up to Dublin and people would know him and, and call out for his, for his advice and things. Um, he would have been very good to me growing up with underage uh, teams, if it was training teams, um, even trying to get onto development cards myself. He would have been always oh, a person that you could... You could rely on to um to give you a healthy hand at any stage. Um he's a big loss around the place. Um probably a massive loss for us. Um in our networks with uh, Cork County Boards, Westcott boards, um he always had his, his word, whether it be good or bad, but he had his he had his say and um he'll be always uh, associated with Saint Mary's, which is which is a good thing. Um and hopefully
0: we, we get a couple of more um a couple of more names out of the list as well off the field you're hoping to make an impact in your new role but I think the good news for Mary's supporters everywhere is on the pitch you're still going to do what you do best you're still going to be playing for, for both teams this year
3: yeah that's the plan anyway um, we'll see it took um, I got injured a couple of years ago and took uh, took a year out and I think it's it's after helping me some bit so um, I'll continue for as long as I can go anyway um, hopefully I think the team from last year is more or less staying as is um, which is a good thing for us Um even though we're, we're a small community, um, numbers are tight, as every other club is probably feeling the same in, in the, down in West Cork. So it's important that we hold on to everyone. Um, so please God, we we'll, we don't have any injuries and we can field two strong teams again for the coming year.
0: Just on the hurdles for a second, you got to the Carribeach when Final last year, came up just short against Clannacilty, but you must take great belief from that too that you came so so close like like it's, it's a matter of inches like you're not too far away from getting to the top of the top of the mountain
3: yeah and it was probably a big shock for us uh, this year um, like we got so close um, probably just lacked that small bit of of killer instinct that um, that clan had um, they got two goal chances buried them we had a couple of goal chances and just failed to take them um, so it could have gone either way as you said um, but at least we were there and at least we competed at the highest level. We we took on some serious teams along the way, um Mahuna Mahounas, um um and Incline. Like they were all the top teams that you want to be playing year in, year out. And previously we'd have probably been losing first round, knocked out. You're learning nothing from it. You're been, there's no real benefit. When there's we've a young squad there at the moment and having those couple of wins under our belt, hopefully we can build on it. And please, God, the look might change and um, and we'll be able to take those chances when they come the next time.
0: And final question, Jason. And Like I said there, it's great to see so many young people involved in the, in the St Mary's board now. And if, if you look at GA boards or clubs, um, top tables of clubs in general, like I said earlier, they are struggling to get younger people on board. Like, what would you say to, to young people like your age, even a bit older, kind of just to give them a bit of encouragement to throw the lathe in with the club and to give something back? Because it's very important that clubs have those fresh people because new people coming through those fresh ideas just to keep the whole thing moving forward. Yeah,
3: definitely. I think um, you do need young blood or you do need a, a new, a new head in around the place and just share ideas because um, like that, it's unfair on the people to be continually going every year, um, trying to bring the club to new, new, Stages And then next thing, more or less, as I say, a club is is just more, it's community more than anything. It's not a business. There is no real benefit for someone to take them to the next step. More or less, it's usually just um, advice and what you should have done too late. Uh, Hindsight is great. But um, if people can come together and make, say, give their ideas at the start and push things on, it will only benefit the club. It will benefit the next generation that comes after us. it would just help everyone in a whole, like looking down as in the pitches at the moment and, and not seeing anyone. It's, it's demoralizing. Like we hope to get uh, everyone back out there again and playing, get the community spirit back there. There's nothing like a good, feel good factor than running around the pitch for an hour and having some bit of fitness and having a bit of fresh air. Um, it will be nice to have some bit of a, something to look forward to in, in the evenings uh, when we do go back. Um, but as I said It's not fair On the people To be trying to run The show Every year Every year Like we need everyone To help out Going forward
0: No, well, fair do so Jason And everyone who's got involved In the St Mary's board I just want to make you The best success On and off the pitch This year Thanks very much Thanks for listening To the Star
1: Sport Podcast Number one For Sport in West Cork Welcome back To the Star Sport Podcast And before we wrap up We're going to preview What's coming up in this week's Southern Star, or Kieran? In this case, what's not coming up in this week's Southern Star?
0: This is an exceptional star on Thursday, Jack. Even by our standards, I think it's going to be a really, really good read for for um for all the star readers. And why it provides two of these times, it's escapism from the reality of what's going on around us. So get Thursday's Southern Star and lose yourself in our sports section. Taking pride of place is an interview I've uh, I have with Damien O'Neill. He's the former Bentry Blues footballer, their midfield maestro, their main man, their general. He captained Bentry to county senior football titles in 1995 and 1998. He was captain of the Cork team that won All Ireland back in uh, it was 1993 or 1994. This man, as a footballer, had it all as a midfielder. But when he got his chance with Cork, injury struck. And, and it scuffled him. It fecked him up royally, to be quite honest with you. He he um, he ruptured his cruise in May 1997, and he spent 12 months out. And he was never the same player after that. So I caught up with Damien. Talk about his inter-county career. That, that never was as such. Because when I told a couple of people that I was doing this interview, Dennis Hurley got back to me, and Dennis said that Damien O'Neill is the greatest Cork footballer the Cork never had. He he was that good. He was that highly rated. So I tracked down Larry Tompkins too to get his thoughts on on Damien O'Neill just to see how good Damien O'Neill was in his prime. And Larry said that Damien was was a player that he hoped to build his Cork team around. And when Damien got injured in early '97, it just it was such a blow to Damien, to Cork, to Bentry, to everyone. So it's a real honest revealing piece of Damien O'Neill. I think it's um it's well worked Going to Southern Star on Thursday for the game and interview alone. It's it's a cracking read. We have a lot more in there besides that as well. I've I've a big interview too with Fintan McCarthy, the Sky Roar, who went on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. But after that podcast, I caught up with with um with Jake, sorry, Jake McCarthy to go into more detail about the injury, the back injury he suffered in March last year that has practically scuppered his chances of becoming an Olympian this year. So again, very honest, very revealing insight from Jake who is back on the water which is good news but he's taking it stroke by stroke and taking it very slowly because he doesn't want to aggravate the back injury that kept him out for so long. Other great news Gavin Coombs has been called up to the Ireland international rugby squad this week he was called up this Tuesday to the rugby team the bad news Jack is I had a column written ready to go for this Thursday Southern Star and it was called Super Gav's time will come so I was working off the fact that Gavin Coombs wasn't caught up to the Ireland team when, when the squad was announced late last week. I chased down James Collin, the former monster number 8, who's um, who's coaching over in France, got his thoughts, put together this really good column saying be patient everyone, Gavin Coombs time will come, he's good enough, just give him time to grow. It was all ready to go for this a Southern star, then lo and behold, on Tuesday Gavin Coombs is caught up to the, to the Irish team, so my column is redundant already but i will take credit for the fact that i did say his time will come yeah and it has come but it's yeah. just sort than star. just a bit sooner so as we speak as this podcast is is going out i'll be frantically trying to update that column to make it relevant for this thursday but it will be relevant for this thursday so we'll have gavin coombs on the back page of the star and there's a lot more as well in between we have an interview with with um, kevin o'brien he's a a a young coach from belly De hob who's involved with Cork City's under 14s so he's only 21 and he loves coaching so it's a great story there about a young local fella getting involved in coaching and there's that and a lot lot more in thursday's southern star
1: yeah and that will of course be available in shops across west cork and further afield from thursday morning so don't forget to pick up a copy and if you can't Make it to the shops. You can, of course, read the Southern Star Digital Edition. Just search the Southern Star in the App Store or go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star for as little as €2 per week. Absolute bargain of the century. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts. Sloan támu.